The Ectoplasm Show is brought to you by North KC's Big Rip Brewing Company. Lighten up dark matter, have a craft beer. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. My name is Josh Hurd, and joining me is my good pal, partner in crime, Mr. Jason Koopsik. What is up, sir? Well, <laughs> well, well, who sir. would have known when we do a political episode a couple weeks ago that the world would explode? I mean, Fuck. we're not going to do one now, so no, don't worry about it. Yeah, it ain't, yeah, but. yeah, but man. Yeah, things are crazy. Things are crazy these days over here. Oh, my God, man. I think we're still just halfway down the downward spiral. Not even quite halfway yet, to be honest with you. No, I would totally agree. I just, I don't know, man. I don't know where it all all stops, you know? To what end? Also is looking to me like it from you know my viewpoint my personal opinions on things yeah. that it was either one all planned for probably decades if not longer now and yeah. implemented you know who knows when um and it's just ramped up or it is so Everybody just doesn't know. I'm, and when I mean everybody, I mean our political figures. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on, and they're just doing whatever the hell they want to do. Nothing yeah. makes sense right now. It doesn't. Absolutely nothing it's is making sense. It's too ridiculous to me. The stuff that's going on right now is too blatant, or yeah. it, which means they're either too stupid to know it's so blatant or it's planned. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah, I could see it. I just, oh, I just don't know. I don't know what to make of any of it. I, I just don't know anymore, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't we're know. gonna, we are gonna talk government tonight. Yes, uh, we are. But we're gonna talk about those shadowy figures that come after you after you see a UFO. Yeah, and then they use the blinky thing on you, and you forget everything, right? Well, I mean, that was um, Hollywood, <laughs> which it could be real. Uh, I mean, it could be. It but could first, be. we got to talk El Yucateco. Yes, yes. I don't know if when we recorded last, if I had had, I did have the sauce in, I believe. I do. I had, no, maybe not. I got the gal, and I got two big bottles of El Yucateco green to uh just a couple days ago i nice. think it was after we recorded last um that's yeah. going in the big rip beer oh yes i will keep everybody up to date with that so you want to combine El Yucateco, the king of flavor yes yes with big rip the king microbrew in kc yeah and ectoplasm show thrown in there big party coming up i love it i love it and 
I'll be wearing my manscaped underwear. Oh, I was going to ask. Yeah. Have you put it on? They're great. They are great. They yeah. are freaking great. Guys. Jesus. I haven't trimmed up down there yet. I still, I, I am not a hairy guy. You know Ooh. this about me. Like not a, a hairy guy anyways. Like so I don't really have a lot to trim up down there. But you know I, I'm getting there. I'm trying to figure out what the best way to do it. Because I've never had to do it before. God, I love it. I'm loving it. <sighs> if you guys want to try out Manscaped, <sighs> go over to manscaped.com and put in Ecto, E-C-T-O, at checkout. You'll get yes, 20% yes. off and free shipping. Free shipping. And just get a little thing. If, if you just want to try something out, they have ball deodorant dude. that's relatively you know pretty cheap, and it's worth it. And, oh, my God, it's my favorite. It so is go give my it a favorite. Try. Did you smell it? It's so good. It's yeah. so good. Oh. Go give it a try. Yeah. And You're definitely junk. use our code so we so they know that we sent you. And um Yeah, so um I'm you won't you. regret it. Dude. Your balls will, be calling your balls are gonna them. thank you, I promise. Your your junk will thank you. Promise. Oh, your your significant other, your your SO, they will thank you as well. Oh, my goodness, buddy. And now I'm picturing you in the manscaped underwear. I'm just I'm just imagining. We don't have any new texts this week. Or new voicemails uh or since the last episode, but we do have a new text. Dynamite. And somewhere. I have to ask you something about this because yeah. I've had several people. I actually asked you about this earlier today, but you didn't respond to me. But I'm just going to read the text. Okay. It says, hey, guys, love the show. Sweet. Keep thank them you. coming. I don't know how, but that John Malkovich sounding motherfucker. Sorry, Kipsick. Love you, buddy. <laughs> with his auditory hypnosis convinced yes. me to fork out some love for your Patreon. Oh, nice. Again, love the show, and don't be scared of them alien butt stuff. It doesn't <laughs> hurt if you ignore the pain. Peace, bitches, it. Jeremy. Nice. Do I sound like John Malkovich? I mean, a little bit. Just Do a I little have the bit. cadence of John Malkovich? No, it's That's not. It? I mean, sometimes. What is it? Because <clears throat> there has probably been 15 to 20 comments on TikTok videos all asking, saying that I sound like John Malkovich. And then he you says it. Fuck off yeah <laughs> like john malkovich larry thinks i sound like john malkovich <laughs> but i my wife doesn't think i sound sound like him i don't your wife is biased she doesn't count she's obviously gonna tell you no baby you don't sound like i don't him. care if i sound like no him. i, I just think it'd be badass before until like two months ago as have i changed no i think everything's uh the same you're your cadence your timbre your delivery everything is uh everything is spot on just the way we like it, my friend. You're good to go. You're good to go. Well, I mean, there's worse people to be compared to. That's true. For sure. That's so true. I'm fine with it. Who's that squinty guy that's really annoying? What's that guy's name? Squinty guy? You mean for Third Rock? No. That guy there's is... Lots of squinty guys. Yeah, okay. Well, that this this guy talks like this. I don't know what the fuck his name is. I forget. He was. He's annoying as shit. Gilbert Godfrey? That's the one. Ah. That's the one. You could sound like him, but you don't. Yeah. See? Always, grass is always just a little bit green. Or just, 
I we we have to I have to ask our listeners, the rest of our listeners. Yeah. Do I do I in any way sound like John Malkovich at any time? I understand if it's not all the time. Maybe it's just some of the time. Uh, I love John Malkovich. Fuck he, he was you. Uh, Cyrus the Virus in Con Air. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. It's good stuff. All right, so let's let's jump into this. Let's do this. All let's right, talk so some creepy several shit. Claimed encounters <sighs> from Men in Black from over the years, and I'm going to start out with a relatively funny one. At least oh. I think I think it's humorous. Anyways, it's probably okay. pretty terrifying at the time for this lady, but yeah, it doesn't matter because it's not us. So yeah, onward. <laughs> Are you familiar with John Keel? John Keel. Um, yes. Yes. Um, Renowned ufologist yep, yep. Um, um, and paranormal enthusiast overall, but he did focus on ufology a lot. Yes. This is a documented case that he had from a lady called Miss Butler in Minnesota. Love it. Love it. All right. So Miss Butler had recently seen a UFO near her home, and much like other people who see Men in Black, her visit happened not long afterwards. This time, the agent was a very strange man dressed in typical MIB garb. He had very unusual features. His hair was too long to be military. His chin was very pointed. Okay. His skin had strange olivine tone. Okay. He had no accent to speak of, which means he probably had the accent of what she had or she would have noticed an accent. Well, you said she's in Minnesota as well. Yeah, so I guess she would know a Minnesotan accent, probably. But she—you're also talking more Midwest, where we're not necessarily known for dialect, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, stranger still, he drove a gray Mustang rather than the typical brand new old black car that's usually reported with men in black. Right. Right. Huh. Um, the man introduced himself as Major Richard French, French, and told her that he was very interested in UFOs. As he asked her questions, he began to appear slightly sick. Mrs. Butler, being a good host, told him to try Jello to settle his stomach. Jello. He declined. Uh, the next day, things got much stranger. Major French returned the morning after and asked for Jello. <laughs> you got any, You got any? You got any more of that Jello? Yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't eat it the next the day. Oh, okay, before. so he didn't. Eat uh, <laughs> you know, I, I slept on it. Light. God damn it, that Jello sounds just top notch. <laughs> Mrs. Butler Man. gave him a bowl of Jello that she had made the night before. Lovely woman. Yes. I love now it. a normal person would. St- Thank her. Stop being weird and leave with the poor woman's bowl of Jello. Yeah. Uh, rather than be normal, he uh, Major French just started stared at it as if he didn't know what to do with it. What the fuck? After several minutes, he decided to try and drink it. Oh. Which went about as poorly as you'd expect. Okay. Cool. So Eventually, now he's so now Dick French is wearing the Jello. Got it. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, rather, or eventually, Mrs. Butler had to teach him how to eat with a spoon. Realizing. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Realizing that she knew something wasn't right, the strange being left, never to be seen again. Um, wow. Later on, researchers did find that a Major Richards, who worked near the at the near Air Force Base, however, he looked nothing like the man who came in to Mrs. Butler's door. So, yeah, he didn't know how to use a spoon. He's an imposter. I understand. Maybe Jello is not a big thing around the world. Maybe the guy was foreign and he's like, what is this? You know, but you would know how to use utensils you no think, matter where you're from. Right? But everybody can use a fucking spoon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, I mean, there's always room for Jello. Always. Always room for Jello. J E L L O. All right. <laughs> You're just like, shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. Here's one that took place in... That's weird. Um. Oh, okay. It's a restaurant. Oh. Um, takes place in Max's, Kansas City, but it's in New York. So I thought it was in Kansas City, but it's in a restaurant called Max's... Kansas City in New York. Oh, okay. Um, the waitress saw a very, very sickly-looking man with black hair in a bowl cut. He had a long, tapered fingers Ugh. and eyes that seemed to bulge out of his head. Gross. As if he had a thyroid disease. Oh, man. The pale man sat down and decided to order something. What will you have, asked the waitress. Food, he replied. Guess what kind of food, though, asked the waitress. It became clear that he didn't know what food was, and for some reason, he couldn't read the menu. Eventually, she offered him a steak, which he accepted. Okay. How did he eat the steak? Uh, When the food came out, he looked around the room to see how other people were eating. Then, much like the guy before, this happened to be in the the same article, it became clear that he didn't know how to use eating utensils. He did struggle with the steak, but he did manage to eat some. Um, Wow. Curiosity got the best of the waitress who decided to ask where the man was from. He replied, another world. Another world, he says. Huh. Okay. So, yeah, those Jesus are just like little encounters where it wasn't anything scary. I mean, the guy didn't know how to eat jello in the first one. So, that's, I mean, she he didn't intimidate her. Yeah, but at the same time, you're standing there. It's first thing in the morning. Here comes this weirdo that you just met the day before, right? Sure, yeah. He's knocking on the door and he's like, hey. Could I have some Jello? Like what? Fucking what? Like I just don't know, man. Like and then to sit there and just stare at it. Like yeah. Like I, I'm imagining right now the dog and little Nikki teaching him how to eat the chicken. <laughs> you know, and he's like, yeah, just bite it or whatever, and he goes, you let it slide down your throat hole. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> Well, yeah, maybe the the MIB guy was all like, you know, Jello is fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, my but God. he didn't have it the first day, so he didn't come back because it was awesome. No, I think was... it was the reason, like he, he, the reason for him to come back, but he still didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's just weird, man. But I guess, so if a man in black comes around, offer him Jello, and he'll be too embarrassed to come back. He'll be like, hey, just threw some steaks on the grill. You want one? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, this next one is a pretty famous case. It's of Dr. Herbert Hopkins. Have you heard of him? I have. He was uh, working as a consultant in the UFO case in Maine. Okay. One evening, he received a phone call from someone purporting to be an activist in the UFO community, asking him if he could visit Hopkins to discuss the case. Only minutes later, the man arrived. The man was wearing a black suit and a black tie and had a very unusual facial appearance. And he's there within minutes? like just... Within minutes, which... Maybe, like, maybe he maybe. happened to be close. I mean, it would be weird if, if okay, let's say I get a phone call yeah. from, or uh, an email from somebody that wants me to check out their house. They happen to be, you know, just, we get, we I happen to be on my phone, so we have a quick back and forth, and like, why don't you come over? And they're like, two houses down? That would be fucking weird. That's kind of fun. It wouldn't be weird on my part. So that there's a possibility weird. that maybe he just happened to be really close until the other stuff starts happening. How fun. Um, he had no hair or eyebrows and an extremely pale figure. Hopkins' Damn. dog began barking erratically the, man, the minute the man entered the home. Always a telltale sign. Yeah. After the bizarre visitor was finished questioning him about the UFO case, the visit got even stranger. Here's how it went according to him. The man in black informed Hopkins that there were two coins in Hopkins' pocket, which was correct, okay. and asked him to remove one. Hopkins complied and held the coin, a shiny new penny, in the palm of his hand. The MIB told Hopkins to watch the coin closely. After a few moments, the coin took on a silvery appearance and then appeared to be going out of focus. It then began to fade and eventually disappeared altogether. So, the minute... Huh? That's fucked up. Yeah. But then that's the, like the, the next part is even more fucked up. Uh, the men in black informed Hopkins that the coin would never be seen on this plane again. He then inquired as to whether Hopkins was familiar with alleged UFO abductee Barney Hill... Hopkins replied that he had heard of Hill, but right. was under the impression that he had died in the not-too-distant past at that time. The men in black informed Hopkins, that's correct, Barney didn't have a heart, what? said the MIB. Just like, you what? no longer have a coin. Oh my fucking God. They were it, able to just, like, zap it out of existence? Well, so... The tech, like the 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 autopsy when Barney Hill died, showed that he had a cerebral hemorrhage. Hemorrhage, um, but he's saying that this guy did say this to him. So basically, it was a threat. Right. Right. Oh my God, dude! Yeah, it says then the MIB suggested that Hopkins destroy any material that he had related to a, the UFO case. Um, Fuck. he 
extremely shaken by the encounter, followed the advice of the man and burned all the files he had related related to that case while he had repeated phone troubles after the phone company said his line had been tampered with. What? And he never saw the man again. That's interesting. So this is obviously back in the day of like landline. Yeah, I think most likely some of these I have dates and some of them I don't. Yeah. A lot of them are older ones. One of them's even like 1947. Jesus. But That's yeah, I mean the nuts. threat like that, you stop. I'm. I. I mean, yeah. The just the idle threat itself is, but if he really did make the coin disappear from his hand, if you're sitting there watching it, say that happens to you, what do you do in that moment? So, <clears throat> this is just me, right? But I'm also kind of, I don't know, tenacious maybe? Just hard-headed. If somebody approaches me and like threatens me like that, I'll comply right there to them, right? Mm-hmm. When they tell me to like destroy all the files and all this bullshit, it's probably not going to happen. Like Most likely what's going to happen is I'll go home and start filming, start recording. Uh, look, this just happened. This is what he said. If I do turn up dead or something like that, like just know this wasn't me, uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm in fairly good health, you know, all of that. Um, make backup copies of everything and run them down to your house, I guess. <laughs> I actually have. I've actually thought about this in the past, not with this particular thing but it it would apply to this as well i've actually thought about what i would do if i ever found an alien body how i would try to hide it how i would try to get the information out there and how i would try to hide copies of everything in several different locations so that i could try to get at least some of it saved um so yeah i actually have a contingency plan just for that wow in my mind, which would work with a lot of this, I would hope, anyways. Sure. It is interesting, though. I don't know, man. Like, but I don't know. Is it worth having your heart zapped out of your chest for? Yeah. Something like that. If this guy is being all weird and creepy about it and telling you basically, like, destroy all the evidence and blah, 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 right? You're you're obviously hitting a nerve somewhere. So to me, that would say, yes, it is important enough. Like it is important. Um, yeah, but I mean, the relative importance of it versus the, the importance of your life, I guess is what I'm trying to get to for your family. Yeah. That's see, that's the scary part. It's like, me, I'm fine, whatever. I've had a good run. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's weird. You start like messing with the family though, and yeah, you're gonna yeah. That's different different story. All right, on to the next one. The okay. Doctor Albert K. Bender Nice was a well written and extremely intelligent researcher who founded the International Flying Saucer Bureau. IFSB. I, I wonder if they're still around. Yeah. In 1955, his research was about to yield serious fruit. 
as he prepared to unveil a paper that would prove the U.S. government had, to one degree or another, covered up proof of UFOs. He planned to publish his findings in Space Review. That was until he was visited by the men in black. Bender claims that three men, dressed all in black, visited him at his home and warned him against pursuing the topic of UFOs any further. The men left Bender scared for his life, and he immediately shut down all his research in the Flying Saucer Bureau. God. Um, in a later book, he goes on to describe them in better in more detail anyways they floated about a foot off the floor they looked like clergymen but wore hats similar to a homburg style i'm not sure what style that is i don't know the eyes of all three figures suddenly lit up like flashlight bulbs and they seemed to burn into my very soul as the pain above my eyes became almost unbearable holy shit that one's crazy. Yeah. It's like almost like Hatman with glowing eyes. Well, I will say that the IFSB, the International Flying Saucer Bureau, I it appears to be still up and running. They're still writing articles and things like that about it. Um, so yeah, as as, hmm. as recently as November twenty seventh of twenty twenty. So uh, fairly recently. Um, I wonder if it's the same. Well, I'll, have, I'll look into it later. I wonder if it's the same one. Or if somebody sure. restarted it more recently, maybe they found the old name or well, something. Well, I am I am seeing a lot of reference here to uh, to Albert Bender. So I, I would assume that even if Bender isn't still with us, that somebody has carried on this in some way. It appears to be going. That's that's crazy. Huh. I yeah. Uh says, many people that knew him claim that Bender was a changed man after the encounter. I can imagine. His later works were rambly, almost unreadable, and he seemed to live his life in constant anxiety and terror. So this guy's just totally freaked then. Yeah, he said that he, they had, he had ongoing mysterious phone calls with nobody at the other end until the end of his life in 2002. So this happened in two thousand or nineteen fifty five, and in two thousand two, he's still being tormented still. by these, you know, at least seemingly by these entities. Man, that's almost fifty years. Yeah, that's crazy. No thanks. No thanks. Jesus, this one they actually have a, re- a partially redacted. FBI document as part of it. Okay. Uh, this is from 1947. So the same year as Roswell, right? Yes. Wait. Yeah. What year? 1947. That's Roswell. I think so, yes. Harold Dahl and his son were salvaging logs on a fishing boat when they spied six donut-shaped crafts flying in the air above them. The crafts drop molten waste into the lake. 
which allegedly kills Dahl's dog and injures his son. I think we've talked about this. Maybe we did. But I don't remember the FBI document. Yeah. A few days later, after talking about the affairs with his boss and friends, he was invited by a mysterious man dressed in all black, or visited, visited by a mysterious man all dressed in black. The man urged him to not discuss the encounter. Not long after, he was also visited by several Air Force agents who were said to be on a mission to gather information. God. Dahl's story definitely got the attention of various law enforcement agencies in the United States, leading to the FBI to write a report on the matter. And I have the report. Okay. And there's there's some lines blacked out. I don't sure, know if their sure. names. I guess we'll see. Uh, Director FBI. Uh, I'll just start at the top because it's like a, almost a letter. Yeah. Ari, flying disc cited by redacted in Tacoma, Washington, SM-X. And there's some handwriting off to the side that B, says B7C. Dear Sir... The following in general are facts regarding the flying disc story that started by Redacted, which subsequently resulted in news stories by the Tacoma Times, the Boise Statesman, and the Chicago Times that a B-52 carrying Army intelligence officers was shot down or sabotaged over Kelso, Washington on August 1st, 1947, because it was carrying some flying disc fragments. Wow. The original story was related by Redacted, was to the effect that Redacted, yeah. while patrolling in his boat near Maury Island, Washington, sighted six flying discs, one which fluttered to the earth and disintegrated, showering his boat with fragments which caused some damage to the boat and killed his dog. Redacted wrote a letter to Redacted, Chicago. God, I hate sending, that. Yeah, sending him fragments of the flying discs and relating the above story. Redacted quest Trans Radio News in Chicago to verify the stories as related by Redacted, telegraphed Redacted, confirming Redacted God. story. Wow. Redacted then engaged Redacted Boise, Idaho, who was the first person to report flying or sighting the flying disc in whom Redacted had previously made a contract for the story regarding the flying disc to come to Tacoma and check the story as related by Redacted. This is insane. Um, next paragraph. Redacted came to Tacoma, Washington, July 30th, 1947, and arranged for a meeting the following day, July 31st, with Redacted in his room, 502 Winthrop Hotel, Tacoma, Washington. Redacted also called to attend the meeting. Redacted United States Airlines pilots who had reported seeing flying disc fragments and Army intelligence to attend. And then that's the end of the page. There must be another page. And uh, it's not on here. And then it's stamped, recorded, and indexed at EX-64. And then there's some other handwritten numbers and notes all around it. Yeah. 1953, October. Excuse me. 
is stamped on there too. 1947 is stamped on there. 1964 is stamped on there. Those must be times that people looked at this. The B7C note is on here a lot. So what does that refer to then? I I have no idea. With no reference point, um, who knows what it refers to. There's also a stamp on the side that says include attached, but then... I mean, obviously, we don't have it here. Yeah. Man. Um, it says, not long after the... This is... After, this. That's the entire thing. Um, not long after the encounter with the man in black doll claimed that the whole thing was a hoax, but recanted years later, having allegedly made the first confession under duress. Really? It's interesting that there... I mean, this looks pretty official. Anything could be faked, of course, but the yeah. the document looks pretty official. Yeah. Wow. I don't know, bro. That's pretty cool, though. That's what I think. The next one's a pretty famous photo. It has to do with a pretty famous, actually a very famous photo in our field. You remember the photo of the little girl sitting there holding some flowers with the guy in a white suit behind her? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Apparently there was a Men in Black story attached to that photo, which I had no idea about. Oh, okay. I knew that Kodak had studied the photo and found that the photo was original and unaltered. Okay. Um, So the guy's name was Jim Templeton. Okay. And he was shocked to discover the figure in the background of a photo of his daughter. He figured the the fig he figured sorry, they yeah, misspelled yeah. a word there. The figure was not in the camera's view when he took the photo and nobody had any idea where it came from. Oh. Um I knew that I knew all that about him. about that photo. He took <laughs> the photo of his daughter, didn't see that guy back there until he developed it. Huh. And they sent it off to, uh, when they were researching at the time, some people sent it off to Kodak. And Kodak verified the film was authentic. And and then the story went out to the public. Yeah. He says that not long after, he was visited by two government agents who referred to themselves as number nine and number ten. Jesus. They demanded to see the site of the photo and questioned Templeton about the event. Yeah. When Templeton told them he didn't see the figure personally, the men became angry and stormed out of the field, never to be seen again. Uh, It says Templeton was later contacted by two employees at a missile launch pad in Australia who claimed they saw two figures that resembled the man in his daughter's photo on the launch pad security footage. Apparently, the missiles at the site in Australia had been produced only 20 miles away from the field where Templeton took the photos. Wow. So there's secondary verification of yeah. seeing the same type of person close to the same area. Right. That's crazy. Man. I knew that that story has been, you know, it's one of the... F- famous photos in this field yeah i didn't realize there was a man in black story attached to it i guess i didn't either huh why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back um we're only 
We've got quite a few more, some more crazy ones too. So, all right, peeps. Well, come on, including back. one that I've told on the show, but years and years ago that were was personally told to me by oh, someone that I knew. Nice. All right, let's hit it. Welcome to Paranormal Warehouse. Paranormal Warehouse is the ultimate social media website for paranormal investigators and researchers. Create a profile, add friends, upload video, audio, and photographic evidence, discuss theories and techniques in the forum, create a group for your team or find a team to join, watch, listen, and comment on evidence uploaded by other users. Join today and support Paranormal Unity. It's free. Visit ParanormalWarehouse.com to join. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're waiting for you. Waiting for you. Life is a mystery. Confusion is all around us. The truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Maybe it was the ghost of an alien that worked for the government. You know, you remove the alien anal probe out of the story, and it probably wasn't this guy's worst Saturday night. Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. All viewed through skeptical eyes and the blurry lens of a beer bottle. Listen to Brent and John make sense of it all each week by subscribing. Find us on iTunes by searching Hysteria 51 or anywhere else fine podcasts are sold. All right, peeps, welcome back. Ectoplasm Show. We are talking men in black. Koopsick. Let's fucking do this. Hit me. All right, so picture yourself as a man. Okay. As a real man out in the woods hunting. <laughs> there it is, you fucking prick. There yep. it is. As a man. Uh, As a real like man. Paul Miller. Oh, okay. okay. Like this man, Paul Miller. Hi, Paul. Um, he was returning home after a hunting trip when he saw a luminous disc in the sky. Okay. The disc landed in an empty field and two humanoids emerged from the craft. Oh, Miller fired his gun at them and believed to have injured one when he fled down a rural road to his car. Shit. However, in that moment, he realized he had lost time. It was almost three hours later three than when hours. he first encountered the craft. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. He shrugged it off. Apparently, that's easy to do. Maybe it's your only recourse. Maybe. Like, in your <laughs> state or whatever. He's, <laughs> eh, whatever. <laughs> and went back to his Air Force job the next day. Uh-huh. Um, however, upon entering work, he was immediately confronted by three men in black suits. They told him that they had his file. Despite having told nobody about the event, the men said they knew all about it. And mentioned that the encounter would be best forgotten. Really? Said Paul says that everybody, or they seem to know everything about me, where I worked, my name, everything else. And they also asked questions about the experience as if they already knew the answers. Wow. 
Um, yeah, he didn't. He didn't tell anybody until decades later. Fucking wow. Okay. But so yeah, that I mean, I've heard stories similar to this. That would mean that. I mean, most of these are like this, where they don't tell anybody until the men in black come a knocking. Right. So are they aliens? Or are they humans that the aliens tell them to go follow up on this? What if they're it's like probably a... not just humans knowing it's going right. to happen unless... What if it's like a hybrid thing? You know what I mean? Like, it could be, I suppose. Yeah, but they would still have to have a a knowledge yeah, of it happening. Yeah. I mean, it could definitely be any kind of entity. It could be a hybrid. It could be an alien. It could be a human. But how do they know? They got to be in on it or know that it happened. Yeah, I'd say In so. some way. So weird. Maybe it's just like the aliens call up at the end of the day and they're like, Hey, Bob. <laughs> had another run in today. Hey, Bob gonna have to send you out and knock on some doors hey bob we had another we had another fucking code 73 today code 73 bob sorry sorry look i know it's a pain in the ass i'm sorry gonna have to have you knock a couple doors tomorrow yeah Yeah, that's it just another day at the office how it goes down i could only imagine right it's gotta be this sounds like a pretty easy gig i mean it could be could be a pretty you get to be mysterious yeah Yep. Get to skulk around. You don't have to be healthy. You could look like death. Yeah, I was just going to say, but you could look like an absolute fucking train wreck no. and still be you just get, fine. You get jello and steak and you could pretend like you don't know how to eat I it. And there's worse jobs in the world, right, bud? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And you get to feed on that fear. Mm. I mean, it's tasty, tasty mm-hmm. fear. Mm-hmm. Gotta love it. Breakfast of champions right there fear pure unadulterated fear fucking love it the next one is a radio personality named danny gordon okay uh says he became interested in a flurry of wyeth county ufo sightings but it doesn't say what state the county was in uh multiple people across the county claim to have seen bizarre objects in the sky and Gordon decided to investigate. Gordon As became obsessed with getting photos of the objects, including one time when he entered uh, when an entire school bus of students saw the UFOs fly over a shopping mall as Gordon took photos. Jesus. Wait, why was he with the school bus? I'm not sure. Um, huh. says eventually Gordon snapped a few photos at extremely close range that allegedly verified they were not of this world but nobody got to see them Uh-oh. Uh, because strange things began happening to Gordon What? he received a phone call from a man who claimed to be ex-military and warned him that his research could cost him everything and urged him to stop for his family's sake. Um, Gordon was also interviewed by two men in black suits who came to work for a magazine or claimed to work for a magazine publication. Okay. Not long after the interview, Gordon realized all his photos were missing. He contacted the magazine for information and they claimed to have never heard of him 
much less commissioned an article about him. What? Just like, oh, you not, don't exist? We don't even know who you are? Yeah. Um, wow. Not long after that, Gordon suffered a heart attack, and his doctor warned him that no. all the research and stress was jeopardizing his health. What? Gordon gave up the story and was never bothered again. Wow. Dude. Wow. So that's that's interesting. Damn. You think if they um man. You think if they could zap a a heart out of your body, they can do it in the exact same like they could zap out my bad heart and zap in a same a good heart at the same time? <sighs> See, I don't know, man. And like I'll think still about live? They, maybe I could like be like I will do this if you do that for me. But you have I to make sure, right? Research. Absolutely, they'd be like, yeah. "Yeah, sure, here you go, pal. Ship shape, good to go." But it also then it kind of makes you wonder, like, as far as like removing things like that, right, or causing something to happen to somebody internally. Then it also begs the question for me as to like the cow mutilations, for an example. And how precise and all this stuff. But they're cut in most cases. Yeah. They're cut, but there's no blood. But they're still cut up, you know? So I don't well, know. Well, they could it just look like cuts, sense. but maybe they're maybe. just magically removed. Maybe it it's like a... it leaves a surface that looks like a laser cut. Or like a, yeah, like a like a singeing of something. I don't know. Mm. Christ. It's so weird. Like, ultimately, this is fascinating. It really is. So this was just a random, very quick story where it was just kind of like, hey, I'm here watching you. Okay. A professor named Peter Rogowitz claims that he was reading a UFO book in the library one day when a strange pale man wearing all black sat down next to him. Okay. The man began talking to the professor and asked him about his opinion on flying saucers. The, pro the professor replied that he wasn't super interested, and the man became very agitated. Uh-oh. He eventually left, leaving progester, pro progester, Professor Rogowitz extremely uncomfortable and anxious. Yeah. But that uh, does, I mean, I've seen some weird people at the public library. Oh, dude. God, yes. So, yeah, this doesn't seem like much. You see weird people. Oh, God. Fuck. And if you're reading a UFO book, somebody might come up and ask you about UFOs. That's not weird at all. I'm <laughs> hey. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's Koopsik in the coffee shop. You just walk up to him or whatever and be like, do you like spelunking? You know, just like out of the fucking blue. It's like very, very <laughs> odd. It's like, what the fuck happened? Like, what? That escalated quickly. My God. Spelunking sounds like code talk. Does it? For what? Code for what? Something with your dirty, dirty mind. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, fuck it. I'll allow it. I don't care. <laughs> Creeping around in dark places, dark, moist places. It'll be fine. God, just <laughs> shut up. <laughs> oh, my God. Just the best, pal. All right. Here's another one from the 70s. Okay. Robert Richardson was driving his car at night in Toledo, Ohio, when he hit something. 
which he claimed then vanished, he found a piece of metal that he believed originated from the mysterious thing he hit. A few days later, two men wearing black hats and sunglasses and driving a black 1953 Cadillac visited Richardson at his home at 11 p.m. to ask questions. Okay. A week later, two other men arrived dressed in black suits and asked Richardson to turn over the metal to them. When he informed them he had sent it off for analysis, he said they threatened to harm his wife if he didn't get it back. Good. He never heard from them again. It's a very common theme. But like, that's the end of the story. They don't say what the analysis was. I'm going to have to look into that more. Huh. I mean, obviously they would have mentioned it if he would have got it back and it was some kind of weird metal. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe he never got it back. It's just weird. It's kind of the common theme, though, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. <clears throat> I don't know, man. Susan Shepard was a young girl when she and other school children in her West Virginia town saw a UFO hover- hovering over her house. It's so fucked up. Like, I actually know a woman with that same name. Susan <laughs> Shepard? Yes. Um. Yes. Through, though her parents didn't believe the phone calls they received from locals, she knew what she saw. Well, that's weird. What that, this is worded weird. I don't. Uh, not too long after her sighting, she began or became one of the few children to have a chat with the real life men in black. She was playing with other kids in the area. She felt the presence of two men who quickly became or made themselves known. Weird. God, this article is written terribly. Is it? Yeah. Um. Un- I think it's translated. Uh. Unlike most, oh. or it's written by somebody who doesn't speak English. Yeah. But uh, unlike most men in black, the two men who approached Susan and her friends weren't in suits. They were in black tees and black pants, so they were a little okay. emo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so their dads didn't hug them enough. Okay, we got yeah. it. We got it. <laughs> However, this hadn't stopped them from being <clears throat> quite terrifying to the young girl. Yeah. She describes them as follow follows. Uh, the the men exuded an un- oh come on that's not a girl saying that. The men exuded an uncanny energy, which I immediately sensed. Does that sound like a young school kid? Probably girl, not. Probably or not, not even girl. A young school kid? No. Uh, describing, maybe later in life describing that experience. Oh, maybe. Okay, I can see that. Um, sure, sure, sure. It doesn't say how old she is when she's making this quote. Yeah, um, yeah. They also looked different from each other. One man appeared to be of European descent, while the other had an East Asian appearance. The one with the Asian appearance had what looked like dyed blonde hair that was cut very short. Neither was wearing a hat, nor did they wear a suit or tie. They simply had a black shirt and black pants. But it also doesn't say if they, they, they approached her. But it doesn't say anywhere in this anyways that they asked anything about UFOs. Oh. That's weird. Yeah. I don't 
It's just, uh, it happens to be two people in black that show up. They're probably just dudes walking down the street. Probably. Yelling at the stupid kids <laughs> in the road. Probably. Oh, my God. Love it. Freaking love it. Shit, did I lose you? No, no, oh, no. Oh, there you go. Okay, okay, okay. So okay. the next one is more recent. It doesn't say how recent, but it's more recent. It's, yeah. Um, happened in Pennsylvania where all these mysterious booms were going on. Um, recent reports suggest that people from the FBI or similar government agencies interrogated locals in the Mulaney area about the booms. More specifically, it seems like the officials wanted to know what people saw, if they saw anything. Yeah. Unlike what you might hope from the government, the questioning locals have been getting was anything other than friendly one resident discussed her encounter this way two men in dark suits and dark in a dark car were banging on our front door and our back door at the time until uh, god damn pretty bad (laughs) at 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 the same time until i answered yeah I could see that they had badges under their coats, but they didn't identify themselves. It was unnerving. Then they left. So one guy at the back, one guy at the front, banging on the door, asking if they saw anything when the booms were happening. Right. I mean, that's pretty blatant. Sure. Obviously, because if you hear, we we, we talked about mysterious booms all the time. Right. I still, uh, we don't talk about them all the time. We talk about them every now and then but i see stories about them all the time all the time if they go around it it's common enough that why would they have to go on around and ask about this particular one true man are you familiar with brad steiger why do i know that name he's a a renowned not renowned but he is a a long time an author in the UFO field. Okay, maybe that's probably. Where I have I've seen several of his books. Okay, I believe. Okay. Um, <clears throat> he was heavily involved UFO. I think he just passed away recently. Oh, maybe wow. I'm not sure about that. Uh, he had multiple encounters with unexplained government agents or people who at least pretended to be men in black. Right. During during the early 1970s, Brad noted that they were several bizarre encounters that happened over the phone it became very clear that someone was watching him and wiretapping his line when his friend was in a motel waiting for steiger to come over he picked up the phone to make a call he soon overheard two men voice two men's voices talking making very sketchy arrangements that dealt with steiger's visit what Wish they gave more detail. They do a little yeah. bit. So, uh, the spies never stated that they wanted what they wanted to do to Steiger, but it doesn't seem very good. Eventually, Brad's friend decided to interrupt the phone spies' conversation. So they Fuck. they were both on the phone and overheard it. Yeah. Uh, it says I picked up the receiver to hear a man's voice inquire, "Quote: When is he supposed to check in? He's in already in his room." What? I said in reply, though I knew the query wasn't asked of me, oh shit, was a profound response. So, okay, so 
he heard yep. when is some, when is he supposed to check in and then he responded he is already, in, already his in his room. room and the person on the other end said oh shit, oh, shit. yeah and then they hung the, he heard two separate hang-ups oh my god that would be that would i mean i know that would uh, be freaky cell phones it's it, it could still be the same thing it's not quite the same you know method yeah um most likely you wouldn't hear them at all these days yeah but dude um yeah dude <laughs> I don't lines know. get crossed all the time but clearly yeah that that was not just lines getting crossed i don't think so yeah that's terrifying <laughs> no thanks even if it not related to ufos at all yeah. that's still not something you want to hear when you pick up your phone no no god damn <laughs> he's already in his room oh shit click click what i don't know bud it's kind of weird i got another john keel one. Oh, okay This one's a little bit different. Uh, it says, John Keel took note, note of multiple encounters that suggest the men in black phenomenon might involve creatures that aren't actually alive. Okay. Many of these experiences suggest that the men in black may be androids or robots created by highly intelligent races. What? A very unusual encounter happened to the Christensen family of Wildwood, wherever it doesn't say where Wildwood. that city is. Shortly know. after a UFO encounter occurred near the Christiansen's family's home, a very strange man from the Bureau of Missing Heirs came to interview the family. Let me look. I'm going to search that real quick. I'm curious about that. The Bureau of Missing Heirs. Is that like... I don't even know. Um, I don't know if it's a United States thing, but is it looking? <clears throat> Let me it's see got here. a Better Business Bureau review. Well, the Bureau of Missing well, Heirs Incorporated. Utah. Yeah, uh, this has got to. That's got to be something different. Bureau of Missing Heirs. Bureau of Missing Heirs. Closed. Closed. It's on Yelp. That's got to be something different. I bet this is some kind of probably defunct international. Yeah, probably bureau that tracked down people after someone died and they needed to, you know, assess their will or whatever. Yeah, I bet you're right. That's what it sounds like to me, anyway. Yeah. Um, but they came to interview the family. Okay. One of the Christiansons called him the strangest man I've ever seen. The man was huge, towering at six feet tall and weighing in at 300 pounds. That's, I, I, I'm not quite 300 pounds. I am over six feet tall, so I'm not far off from this guy's description. But his skin was a sickly white hue. His eyes seemed unusually large, and his government-styled black suit was poorly fitting. Oh, shit. Uh, when he sat down, his pants only reached half of his calf. 
which was wow. precisely when the family noticed that he had large a large green wire that was coming out of his leg and running down his sock. All right. It became clear that something was very, very wrong to them. Uh, Dude, the moment weird. he spoke, the family was shocked to hear his high-pitched, metallic, and monotone voice. Oh, God. <laughs> this is funny. I just read it. He introduced himself as Tiny. <laughs> <laughs> when he spoke, it sounded like his words were memorized and practiced. My name is Tiny. <laughs> Uh, oh, the Christensen's God. noticed that he was very sickly looking. Oh, yeah. So they asked him if he needed something to eat. He declined, but asked for water in 10 minutes. Quote, water in 10 minutes. It, water in 10 minutes. You know what? Yeah. I'm fine for now, but water in 10 minutes. And then in 33 minutes, going to need a bowl of jello. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck me, man. Weird. Um, so, so then weird. he began to interview them about the family's interests, which clearly had nothing to do with missing heirs. Yeah. Oh, so missing... Uh, my guess is they were so, they were tracking down people for people that haven't quite did yet, died yet that might be dying and want to find somebody to give their stuff to. That makes more oh. sense. Um, as he asked them questions, his face became redder and redder. Okay. Uh, worried the family gave him water. As you would. So he gave him the water too soon. Yeah. Uh, it says he grabbed the water, took a yellow pill, and quickly turned to his pasty color again. God! Uh, it says he then left being picked up by a black Cadillac that drove without its lights on. So he didn't come in a car and park and come in. No, he was dropped off. He was dropped off, and when he left, he was picked back up. That's just so weird. This is just so weird. He's, they said that the next day, a woman called the house to say that the missing heir had been found. Oh. And to forget about the UFO incident that they saw. Oh, my God. And then, from then on, nothing else. That was it. That was it. That's all. It doesn't say. Did they tell the weird guy about the UFO incident uh, that was asking about missing air? That's really weird. very strange. What do you do in that instance? <laughs> he's not. He's obviously. You know, it's not the same thing where he makes a coin disappear and a. You know. I know. But... An actual. On you know a a threat. This is more. Big weird dude yeah. with wires coming out of him, sounding like a robot. Yeah. Has to take this yellow pill to change his color. <sighs> and his name's Tiny. Right. I mean, you know. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? It's, it's so weird. I don't know. Do you believe the majority of these things? Um, <clears throat> A lot of these are, are they older. Are well they too before. crazy? Are they too crazy to really like fabricate like this? Are they too crazy? I would say if these are no like contemporary ones, and I mean contemporary in the sense of since two thousand or yeah. even the nineties, sure. Then it's 
easily not it's not that it wasn't easily made up then either it's just more like the older they are the more credibility in my mind that they have i know that there's always been crazy people that tell crazy stories yeah but back then you didn't talk about stuff like this without you know quote unquote normal people and families did not talk about stuff like this yeah without worrying about what people would think of them right they could probably i mean there was probably a real risk of their family being you know shunned from the neighborhood sure absolutely um you know because now now people don't care about their neighbors at all or or, or they don't even know them or right really yeah they don't them, even but know how that... you interact with them and care what they think about you but back then it was completely different yeah so if they're telling these stories it airs you know adds a little bit more credibility in my mind sure i i don't have any reason to doubt any of them are they fake who knows but they're fun it's certainly fun absolutely I, and the older ones definitely they so nowadays you know since the 90s you could get on the internet and find you know however many of these and you could go on reddit and type out your own one and it all sounds the same yeah but if these are all from before one they may have been in books and stuff they were obviously in books in the 70s and then on yeah. but you have to fit you had to go track this stuff down and find it you couldn't <laughs> find stories and to make them all seemingly very similar with only a little bit discrepancies right of the older ones obviously something was going on Maybe, you know, maybe it's just like a sick dude that, um, you know, they, the military, they, you know, would somebody get sick and they don't, they're not quite ready to retire. They just, that's their job. Right. I don't know. Dude, I don't know either. It's almost so the, the fact that they don't know how to use everyday things or what everyday things even are in some of these is just... a lot like black eyed children's stories. Yes, exactly. And that's, what's weird about this. It's like, it's Give it down to the black cars and stuff. Yep. The odd appearance. And like you said, just odd behavior as well. Just not quite knowing like how certain things work, what to do here, there, whatever. It's, it's fucking weird. I don't know, bud. I just don't know. We got one more. Okay. And I, I included this one because it takes place in Japan, which you don't see a ton. I mean, there uh, there's yeah. a ton of ghost stories and paranormal stuff out of Japan. Don't get me oh, wrong. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen necessarily much about UFOs in Japan personally or men in black stuff in japan so i included this because i didn't have anything else out of asia okay um says a japan a japanese ufo blogger had a bizarre encounter with a large group of men in black when he was out and about in tokyo wait a minute i haven't read this whole thing yet but when you think maybe not so much today but think godzilla Okay. Godzilla's, you know, marching down the street in Tokyo. What are they always showing running away? Guys in black suits turned back, looking at Godzilla holding their hats and running down the road. Yeah. 
Is that what he's talking about? Maybe. (laughs) Are the streets still full of men in black suits? Godzilla! Godzilla. (laughs) The, yeah. Huh. It says the men all the men all appeared to look half Japanese and half Middle Middle Eastern. Okay. All of them also looked sick, worn out, and had very unnatural behavior. He explained it as follows: They moved in a weird way. They can't. Or I can't quite explain it. When they moved, it was sort of insect-like. Oh, what? Does that make any sense? I can't even really explain why i had the impression but that's what their movements reminded me of god insects. damn no thanks no uh, it's not thanks. strange enough to attract so much suspicion from others i guess but when they moved and looked about i had that very stubborn impression that it all seemed very insectoid to me uh, says when they sat down in the tatami room they ordered drinks that they refused to consume and started fidgeting with a smartphone, it became pretty obvious that they weren't used to using their chopsticks and they seemed unusually watchful of him. So I guess he was just happened to be in there too. Sure. Um, eventually they approached him and asked about his UFO blog. Probably to ask if he thought the government was hiding UFOs. I don't know why they include that. Right. Uh, then they offered to buy him drinks. He wanted to leave, but they tried to get him to stay. And then he goes on to say, then they all laughed in a way that, well, it sounded like they were just fake laughing. Oh, God. Like they didn't even really understand what a laugh was. It was sounded fairly threatening. It all all had a very disturbing effect on me. Yeah. Um, So he got up to leave, and they followed despite not having touched their drinks. Somehow he was able to lose them, but he he doesn't say exactly how many uh, many there were. But yeah, that's that's a bit strange. It's terrifying. I, I don't know. That's uh, all these stories, man. All these stories are great, but Jesus Christ, it's just weird. It's just freaking weird. So I do have one more. Okay, I have one more, and it's it's not a personal story because it didn't happen to me, but a friend, yeah, from about eighteen years ago, told me this story after knowing him for a while. Yeah, um, and. He's actually the, not the reason why I got into the paranormal field, but he's the reason why I got into aspects of it. I had never listened to Coast to Coast before hanging out with this guy. Nice. And he was my neighbor. I was 22, 23, and he was in his 50s, and he would sit out on his porch and listen to talk radio all day. I'd go over there and hang out, and we'd listen to Coast to Coast at night, and... um he introduced me to several like old school books like Zachariah Sitchin and yes. um, oh, um yeah. Gods of Eden and, and stuff like that. Um That's awesome. But he told me after I got to know him for a couple of years about a story that happened to him and his father was in the military and worked at several different places and 
if you want to go back and hear about some of that stuff, I don't remember exactly what episode, but it was like 35, 36, somewhere around in there. One of the first okay. episodes I was on, sure, maybe it was sure. in the 40s, I tell, I tell all the stories about him. Yeah. It was like a two-hour episode. Yeah. But um, he was in his backyard when he was a kid. He was probably like between, I can't quite remember, but he was like between 10 and 15, somewhere in that range. And he was with his friend, and it was in, it was northeast of Kansas City near Richard Gebauer's Air Force Base, which is I I don't think it's there anymore. Okay. Um. And his mom was in the house, and his dad was at work wherever he was working at the time, which was some kind of government thing, and I, he may have even been working at Richard Gebauer's because I know that he told me he worked there at one point. Sure. So they saw. It was late afternoon. It wasn't dark. Um, or it was approaching dark. It was late, like early evening. Um, they saw what looked like a blimp in the sky. And it went into a small cloud and never came out. Okay. Um, they watched it for a while, but it just never came out. And the cloud kind of floated off and it, and it was gone. And they um, they didn't think a whole lot of it. Apparently, he had not really been into UFOs at that time. And he knew his dad worked at the Air Force Base, or had worked at the Air Force Base. So he decided to call in the report that he saw this weird thing within the vicinity of the Air Force Base. Sure. And, you know, he made his report hung up. And then a couple of days later, he was in his house, and his mom called him down because... There was a guy in a black suit and a guy in military fatigues that knocked on the door. So they brought, they actually brought his friend over and they wanted to hear about what happened and they wanted to see where it happened. <laughs> so he tells them the story. The, the guy in the black suit never says a word. The guy in the fatigues does all the talking. They go out back with the mom. And they're pointing in the sky saying, this is what happened. This is what I saw. And, you know, the guy takes the report. And then he says he remembers pointing out where it was in the sky. And the next thing he remembers, they're standing on the front driveway waving goodbye to the men as they leave in their car. Jesus Christ. So he doesn't remember getting from the backyard to the front yard. He talked to his mom. His mom doesn't remember it either. Serious. And his his father was in some secret shit. So, and this still happened to him. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, because his father was in some secret shit, they treated him differently. No. Um, I have no reason to disbelieve that story from him. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty Fuck. crazy. They obviously did something to his memory. Maybe it wasn't a flashy thing, but maybe it was. But maybe, yeah, I was going to say, but maybe it was something fairly similar, though. I don't know. I don't know how that shit works, but it's still crazy. But the, what's the really weird part of my mind is that time in between the moment you remember pointing in the backyard and your, then the next thing, you know, it probably was only a few minutes while you walked around. Most but likely. Your body and your mind was capable enough to do that. Like you were roofied almost, capable yep. enough to do that, but you don't remember any of it. Right. And something like, I don't know, something like a drug like that, like what you're talking about, like uh, like a roofie or whatever, 
I mean, that's hours of a, you know what I mean? That's hours. Well, it also has to be administered in some way. Right. So now and you're. And also take effect almost immediately so you don't remember it being administered to you. And you're talking about a window of just like you said, just a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very, very strange. I mean, it could have been more time, but he said that it didn't seem like much time it had passed right. throughout the day. I mean, it, no, even if it's cloudy, you can kind of get a sense of what time of day it is outside, even if you don't know what time of day it is. Sure, of course. So, yeah. That's, Man, it's cool. That's what's coming for us if we keep pursuing. <sighs> we just keep it up, boys. God damn it. Yeah. Keep it up. We're going to get God. Would you talk about it? Somebody comes knocking on your door tomorrow morning. They're like, take down the episode. Huh. What do you do? <clears throat> um, I would tell him I did not upload the episode. Okay. He lives at such, such, such and such. <laughs> Thanks, pal. <laughs> Malvern, Iowa. Oh, in Malvern. That's yeah, right. So he doesn't know where your home is, but I'm still not lying to him. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Send him to my home away from home. <laughs> Very nice. Odds are they would show up to your house first. You are much closer to a major Air Force base than I am. True. I'm close to an Air Force base. I'm like, you're fairly close, though. No, I see. I see. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Well, goddamn. You got anything else for the good peeps before we let them go? For the go be like Jeremy, listen yes. to John Malkovich, and go become a patron. Be a meat mate of the Ectoplasm Show at Sign only a dollar. You now. will get free stickers and a shout out on the show. And, um, you know, we might just get some other stuff too. But at a few extra dollars, you get all kinds of goodies. And, um, just like, so I actually, I just, just got brand new stickers in the mail oh sweet like like as i got home from work they were sitting in a box on on the driveway love it so and i have stuff that i ordered from threadless to send out to our patrons and i got a notification that they're shipping to me so hopefully i have them and i'm going to ship them out at the beginning of next week with all these stickers and all kinds of other lu techo goodies nice and um yeah i love it patrons are getting all kinds of goodies next week so if you went in on that go to ectoplasmshow.com click on the patreon link or just go to patreon and type in ectoplasm show and join yeah yeah that's good stuff and text us or call us at 913-730-7255 yeah we love to hear from you guys loving it all right, peeps. Well, I want to know if you think up? I sound like John Malkovich or what it is that they hear that <laughs> sounds like John Malkovich. I, I don't know. Maybe it is my cadence. I, I'm trying to listen to myself now. Now I'm really self-aware. <laughs> I'm trying like... to figure out what it is. <laughs> Get I a little think... self-conscious about it. God damn it. I do know that I and I. it's something that I've been aware of. I don't think about it much. I pause a lot at certain times in my speech. Okay, I do the like same. Right there. I do the same. But I, 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 mine's a little more, not random. It's a little different than than what I hear. It's not like nobody else talks that way. But right. I do think that I have a distinctive way of talking. You so do. that maybe that lines up. I have no idea. Maybe that is it. I don't know. I'm gonna go home and watch Malkovich movies though. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that's good. All right, peeps. Well, I guess we're going to let you go for now. Fucking watch your backs for the goddamn MIB because they're out there. They're out there. But everybody stay safe. We will uh, talk to you very soon. Peace out.